UN Today and Here's London present Health Today, a series of interviews with Swiss-based health experts who share their personal stories, their responsibilities at work, and how they foresee their jobs in the future. Today, we interview with Dr. Connie Friedling, Head of Radiotherapy at Clinique de Cranchette. So, thank you very much for accepting the interview. Um, before we start talking about your professional role, what could you tell us about yourself? So, my name is Connie Freeling. I'm a radiation oncologist specialized in breast cancer. I'm Dutch, born and raised in the Netherlands, and since 2006 I live here in the Geneva area. And I work for the Heers London Clinique de Grangette since 2014, yeah, 2014 uh, where I lead the radiation oncology department. I decided that I wanted to become a doctor before I was 10 and um, the reason why I wanted to do that is because I wanted to take care of people, to, to, yeah, to help people. With some turns, twists and turns during the study, um, I, I really have found my niche here in the work that I do because one of my primary values is to care. I want to care for people, go the extra mile. And in that sense, it's very interesting to be able to accompany people in a, in a difficult phase of their lives and to, to make sure that they're taken care of, that they, they get the answers they need, get the care they need, and, and yeah, to make sure that they feel in a safe environment. And that is, that is why I'm really happy working where I work. Do you have any hobbies? It's difficult because there's not much time for hobbies. We, we're renovating a farm at the moment. So that's a big chunk of time that we put ourselves into that. And um, yeah, uh, that's, that's mainly, I mean, it's not a hobby, but family as such plays an important role. Being with family, uh, taking, care, taking care of each other and, and spending time together. And, and also, I mean, that is something that is, um, accentuated when you move to another country. What exactly is your job about? As a radiation oncologist, we see people uh, with cancer. They come to us, they know they have cancer, and uh, the radiotherapy may play a role in their treatment. So patients come to us, we have a first consultation, we have a discussion with them, we do a physical examination, and when we uh, confirm that there is an indication for radiotherapy, we explain to them what it means, what does the treatment mean, what is the, um, the benefits of it, what are the side effects in the short and in the long run. If the patient then accepts the treatment, we go into the planning phase, which means that there's a scan that is made and on that CT scanner, we delineate the volumes that need to be treated, the tumor or after the surgery, the, the, the area was the tumor. And we also delineate all the healthy tissue around it and that planning phase is very technical and it's a very important phase because there we, um, we target in an optimal way the tumor while we avoid as much as possible the healthy tissue around to decrease the side effects. Then patient goes into treatment and radiotherapy in general is uh, delivered once a day, five times a week for several weeks. And when the patient comes to us, it's for in general, 15, maximum 30 minutes a day. And in that time, we see the patient very regular to see if there's questions, how patients are doing, if there's side effects to treat those side effects. So that is practically what we do. Um, here in Clinique Grangette, it's, it's a private clinic. 
And for me, it's, it's very interesting to work here. I come from the Netherlands, where I worked in a, in a big academic hospital. And to see now the change of working in private, it has uh, spurred us on really to, uh, to work with the motto, creating an academic hub in private. And what we mean with that is that we want to give the patients the comfort and the personal attention that they may expect from a private clinic where we apply and um, perform the treatments with an academic rigor. I mean, even though we work in private, we are involved in research, we publish uh, in medical journals, and uh, with the support of the, of the, of the clinic and of Hirschland as a whole, they allow us to really um, put forward the latest technolog technological advances so we can really apply the treatments according to the latest standards. And that is for us really key in what we do. And in that sense, it's interesting because even though it's a private clinic, it's radiotherapy is an outpatient uh, treatment, which means that the patients don't stay overnight. And in a sense, the, the treatment that we, um, we, we give are re, is reimbursed by all, uh, all insurances. So you don't need a supplementary insurance to benefit from our treatments. How do you see your work in the future? To make it a little bit more general maybe, how is, is, is cancer treatment evolving in, in the future? I'd like to go back a little bit in the last few years, the developments, because I think they will play uh, uh, out a bigger role in, in the near future as well. One thing that I've, I've found very interesting to observe over the last years, if you, if you take a breast cancer patient and, and her, her journey, 10, 15 years ago, you would see your uh, gynecologist with the breast cancer that was found, you'd be operated on, the gynecologist would refer you to an oncologist, medical oncologist, who would do his or her treatment, and then you would see the radiation oncologist. It's a very linear process. Right now, it doesn't work like that anymore, and I think that's a really good progress. So, as soon as the diagnosis is made, all the medical special, uh, specialists sit around the table with not only the medical ex uh, specialist, but also a breast nurse, a specialist in medical genetics, the physiotherapist, and the patient's situation is presented, and then there's a proposal of treatment, and everybody needs to agree on that. Treatment is uh, executed, and after the treatment is again a discussion how do, of, after the surgery in general, how do we go on now? And that um, has been a really big change, and the league of, of, in Switzerland has certain criteria, certain standards that this treatment, that this uh, management of a patient situation needs to fulfill and as soon as you respond to those to those criteria you get a label and in that sense recently we got I think almost uh, now two years ago we got the breast center label and that means that if you go have a treatment in a breast cancer center that you know that the treatment you will receive will clearly respond to criteria, certain criteria that are needed in a, an optimal uh, management of your situation. And that is now happening for breast cancer, it's happening for prostate cancer, and it will only have a snowball effect on, on lung cancer, on, on gastrointestinal cancer. So all those cancers are uh, seeing an increase in, in quality of, of taking care of the patients. That's, that's one aspect. A second aspect is, if I specifically look at radiotherapy, uh, 15 years ago, if you would be treated for breast cancer, you would need to come to radiotherapy for six or six and a half weeks, 30, 33 sessions. Nowadays, for basically all breast cancer patients, that's been reduced to three to four weeks. 
So it's a big gain for the patient in terms of uh, tiredness at the end of treatment because it's shorter, quality of life gained. And now the first study in England has been done which uses only five sessions. So per day you get more, treat more dose, but with the advances in technology, the healthy tissue, because that's usually the concern, how's the healthy tissue going to deal with that, you can better uh, deliver the dose in such a way that the healthy tissue can, can deal with that. It's one study, so we're not there yet, but I'm convinced in the next five years, more and more treat people will not need to come back for three to four weeks, but only one week. So that's a big gain in, 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 in advantage for the patients. Another thing I think it's important to mention that while initially breast cancer was considered as breast cancer, one disease, now we know there's multiple subtypes. Multiple subtypes that have different prognoses and different treatments that are needed for that subtype of breast cancer. And um, maybe I give an example. For example, there's one subtype that is called HER2 positive breast cancer. That means that the breast cancer cells of that subtype pro uh, produce a certain protein that initially was a type of breast cancer that had a very poor prognosis. Now there is a targeted treatment that specifically deals with those cancer cells, which has changed enormously the prognosis of those breast cancer patients. And that is an advancement that we see more and more based on uh, mutations that are found, changes in breast cancer, we, we are able to personalize the treatment and specifically target the, the, the cancer cells. And the advantage is that, that the treatment is more um, effective because you target specifically those tumor cells with less side effects because the healthy tissue around it is not that much impacted by the treatment. And in that sense, there's all kinds of changes in the, in the more personalized approach. For example, for chemotherapy, we now have algorithms that can define if patients benefit from chemotherapy or not. So we take a little bit of the tumor, we send it to the organization that, that um, uh, performs those, those algorithms, and we get a response, yes, this patient needs or not chemotherapy. So, and that also will happen for radiotherapy more and more, that we can send a part of the tumor and get a response, this patient will benefit or not from the treatment. So that will, that will really um, go on in, in the future and that will lead to big changes in the, the way that breast cancer patients are, are receiving their treatments. What can you tell us about prevention? Um, I, th I think we, we all know that the incidence of breast cancer is increasing and more and more women are confronted with the diagnosis. Um, if you indeed take the step back and, and look at what you can do, um, Breast cancer is related to the exposure of female hormones and there's many things you can't do. You can't decide when you get your first period or when you have your menopause. Um, it's usually not a question that you ask yourself uh, when you decide how many, when you ask yourself how many kids you want. You don't really think about your breast cancer risk. But there's many things that you can do. Having said that, I also think that immediately the message will be even if you do everything right, it's not a guarantee. Um, what you can do, um, physical exercise is important and I know myself it's hard to, to, to have a regular um, rhythm of exercises if you have a busy life. 
um, once I was listening to a podcast where somebody said, um, I'm a swimmer and I'm a walker. And I was like, I'm a walker, that's pathetic. Um, but then I realized, for me at my work, because I, I am not a runner, I hate running, but I live three and a half kilometers from, from where I work. So every day now, since a few months, I come by foot. And it helps me to have twice 40 minutes of walking into my day whether I would normally not have the time to set really aside time for, for regular exercise. So that's one thing. There is um, now more and more data out there that um, alcohol has a negative influence. Um, and again, it's, it's finding the right rhythm in that. Um, it's nice to come home and have a glass of wine. I took the very practical measure of taking a smaller glass, which is a very silly maybe but for me it works as to how to incorporate changes that you want to influence in in your life same as with diet um, uh, obesity is is known to be a risk factor so how can you change your diet that doesn't feel like work that you can sustain in the long run to um, to avoid taking on uh, weight especially with age that is increasing so that is a few practical things that you can apply you can think about if you think about decreasing risk for breast cancer. How important is an early diagnose? So uh, as of 50 uh, years of age, the, the, the women are invited to do mammography and ultrasound every two years. And with that, we can find the cancer before you either uh, feel a lump or get other symptoms from it. And the sooner you find it, the earlier the treatment starts and the better the prognosis. So that's a very important element. For most people it starts at 50, but if there's uh, breast cancer in your family, then it may start at, at an earlier age. This was another interview produced by UN Today and Here's London. It can be watched on video at untoday.org. Thank you so much for listening and we keep in touch.